0: Today's podcast is brought to you by The Power of A. The Power of A was created by the American Society of Association Executives to highlight the many contributions America's associations make to the economy and society at large. Learn more at thepowerofa.org. From the CQ Roll Call Newsroom in Washington, this is CQ Now your nonpartisan news source for how the inside workings of Congress and the federal government shape the real world. Speaker Paul Ryan's goal of passing a budget plan for next fiscal year is being sidelined by hardline conservatives in the House of Representatives. Though the budget is largely symbolic and can't become law, it illustrates the lingering tensions within the GOP that are putting a check on Ryan's ambitions. I'm Adriel Bettelheim with CQ Roll Call, joined by CQ Budget and Economics Editor Jane Norman. Jane, the House Republicans dropped plans to vote on the budget before the Easter recess. We know Democrats were more or less unified in opposition, but how many holdout Republicans are we actually talking about?
1: Adriel, we're talking about roughly 30 to 40 holdout Republicans who are members of what is called the House Freedom Caucus. And this is a group of very hardline conservatives who do not want to do anything that would contribute to the deficit and contribute to the debt. And they have been a a problem all along. We weren't sure until just the past week or so how much of a problem, but now it's clear their opposition has sidelined the budget, at least for now.
0: So to appease these hardline conservatives, Republican leaders came up with something called a sidecar, a package of mandatory program spending cuts. How much were they proposing, and did it work?
1: Well, it worked to some degree. They at least managed to get the budget resolution through committee. It was approved last night, 20 to 16. Uh, This sidecar, as it's being called, is, is a proposal to cut $30 billion in spending over two years, $100 billion over 10 years, which actually in the context of a $4 trillion annual budget isn't that much, but it's taken on a great deal of symbolic value. What they would do is sort of push this sidecar through a couple of different committees. One of them is the Ways and Means Committee, which is the tax writing committee in the House. It would take responsibility for some of these cuts. A second committee that would be making the cuts is the Energy and Commerce Committee. And it's a little difficult to understand sometimes, but there are two different ways in which spending is legislated in the House. One is through Appropriations Committees. Uh, These are the two committees that actually spend the money. The other committees are called Authorizing Committees. And Ways and Means and Energy and Commerce are those two committees. And under the way Congress is run, those are the two committees that have to decide how this money should be cut. And they they made some pretty dramatic decisions uh, in making those cuts. They would eliminate the Prevention and Public Health Fund that was included in the health care law. They would reduce Medicaid reimbursements for prisoners. They would scale back federal money that goes towards children's health programs in the states. Very important to a lot of people.
0: So, again, these are directed at entitlement programs like Medicare, Medicaid.
1: Exactly. They are directed at entitlement programs, which are growing very rapidly in the federal budget, and Republicans want to try to curb their growth.
0: It seems that Paul Ryan is learning what his predecessor, John Boehner, learned the hard way, that it's really difficult, almost impossible, to keep that fractious Republican caucus together. And what's interesting is this whole budget exercise wasn't strictly needed before the elections, right?
1: No, not really. The Senate, for example, could just go ahead and start appropriating money because they wrote themselves the instructions in the budget deal last year. And there are other procedural ways that the House could keep moving ahead. Or they could just forget the whole thing and pass what's called a continuing resolution, a stopgap bill to keep the government running past October 1st when the new fiscal year starts. But Paul Ryan has promised regular order. And he has also promised that his conference would make the decisions about how to legislate. And he's putting both of those things in practice. And he has said what the conference decides is, is what they will do. It's almost like a crowdsourced kind of decision. And we're watching to see how that comes out in practice.
0: Ryan, it should be pointed out before he became speaker, was the chairman of the Budget Committee for some time. So he's really kind of a budget maven. This is his wheelhouse.
1: This is his wheelhouse, absolutely. He, he intimately knows the federal budget.
0: So at this point, the only bills likely to pass are going to be spending bills to keep the government running in 2017, the first of which we think is going to be the VA and military construction bill. Why don't you sketch out the process going through this spring?
1: And it's interesting it will be first because this is a very popular bill. Uh, Both Democrats and Republicans vote for this because, for one, they want military construction projects in their districts, and it's very important to their constituents. For two, nobody wants to vote against money for veterans. Absolutely nobody. These are probably, these will be taken up in the House and Senate very soon. They probably will be the only appropriations bills for a while because of the problems with getting a budget resolution through the House. One of the other technical things about the budget is that it provides allocations for each of the subcommittees on appropriations to to use while they, to, to fund the bills that they are in charge of. So without that top line number and without the subcommittee numbers, it's kind of hard to move ahead. But they will at least get this one done and talk a lot about it.
0: So is there any chance we could see new spending on unanticipated needs like, say, the Flint, Michigan water crisis or the response to the Zika virus outbreak?
1: That's a great question, and we actually have a magazine story coming uh, early next week on just that. I would say at this point it is pretty much uh, at, a, at a standstill, both of those issues. Even though Zika seems like a pretty urgent problem, uh, Republicans in Congress have been resistant because they say that there's already money that the administration has for the Ebola outbreak that it hasn't spent. And why do they need more? And so nothing has really happened on that. And the Flint crisis, Republicans see that as a local issue, not a, not a federal issue, as much as they may sympathize and as much as uh, they, they may be sorry about what has happened there. They also, in all of these cases, want to see the spending offset. That means if you spend something, you got to pay for it someplace else, and that is the tough question.
0: CQ's Budget and Economic Editor, Jay Norman, on gridlock for House Republican budgeteers and Speaker Paul Ryan. I'm Adriel Bettelheim. Thanks for listening. Until next time, you can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at CQNOW, and you can download our podcasts on iTunes and SoundCloud. Today's podcast was brought to you by The Power of A. The Power of A was created by the American Society of Association Executives to highlight the many contributions America's associations make to the economy and society at large. Learn more at thepowerofa.org.